Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It's time again to bring you the orange. And today, our special guest is somewhat new to Pure Storage, only joined about three or four weeks ago, but I've been super excited to get you on the show. George Garcia, our new Oracle Solutions architect, welcome. Thank you, Rob. Hello, everyone. Uh, great to have you here. And uh, you come to us to work on Oracle, but also after a sort of long and storied career there, yeah? yeah very true. I would <laughs> say relatively long, I guess. Uh, I spent uh, about 27 years at Oracle. So it's one of those things. I've been seen it all, done it all, and uh, proud of it. And now it's time to uh, to add value to Pure and bring my experiences to uh, to Pure and to uh, particular to the customer's benefits. So I think yeah. it's going to be great. And we're really happy to have you here. What kind of things do you do at Oracle? I know solutions architecture, but you must have had a myriad of roles oh, there. Yeah. I started as a trainer, yeah. teaching database development uh, and other tools. Then I moved into consulting did about 19 years of e-business suite consulting. I was leading the technical architecture implementations and design, and then uh, I was uh, moved into solution architect, architect, as a solution architect, both for consulting and then later in um, what the Oracle calls engineer systems, so the hardware uh, business side of the Oracle. And then finally, Oracle Cloud. That's right. So you kind of you touched almost every part of the Oracle business as it's evolved over the years. All technology have been yeah. there than that, all of it. Yeah, and you're a guy who likes to sit and write code every once in a while too, right? I do. I yeah. love Python. I love machine learning. I love you name it. You name it. Containers. The, the latest thing that gets me very excited are container development because I do believe it brings great promise to everybody, to our customers. And I think, and I'm actually one, one of the things that caught my attention was actually Pure's commitment to support the modern deployments, and particularly the modern infrastructure deployments with uh, Docker containers, Kubernetes, the whole nine yards. Which is a, a little bit related to what I wanted to have you come on and, and talk about today, which was around enterprise applications in general, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can make a bridge between containers and application development and those kinds of things. But really, I want to talk more going back to just the, the nature of, of kind of monolithic apps, right? Exactly. Things like enterprise resource planning or supply chain or, or HCM and talk about those. Ultimately, I'd love to get to those as we go through this in the context of what storage can do. But given your long and diverse background, what 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 have you seen relative to the evolution of those types of app applications mm -hmm. over time in terms of you know usefulness and and development and and then how they've evolved it's a long it's, question for you to ha handle but no, Give but it it's very relevant it's very relevant because that's exactly what our customers are going to come up to us with and I, I do believe the starting point is going to be the traditional monolithic ERP applications like eBusiness Suite, PeopleSoft, in which there's a single technology stack, there's a single data model and database, of course. And basically, it's when you patch, you patch the whole application. When you bring it down, you bring down the whole application. And I do believe there's plenty of, plenty of customers, and that actually represents one school of thought, right? Which is, these are the very well-established application environments, very mission-critical, and the key point here is that they need help mm. because it's not easy to run those applications, not easy to manage those applications. And quite honestly, storage plays a role there greater than any other kind of application. Because the next stage of evolution of these applications have been kind of peeling the onion, which is something that, for example, Oracle did with their Fusion applications that now powers the Oracle SaaS offerings, in which what they did, they changed completely the architecture of the applications. And they made the different modules of the applications, instead of being part of the same code tree, 
they are now modular. They are true modular and all services oriented in which you one 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 uh, application can call another. So really, really materializing kind of the decoupling of the application. Yeah, much more flexible, right? Way when more you go flexible. with that model instead of the monolithic thing. Although with some of the the more the more historical monolithic apps, they are there is a stickiness to there them, right? I mean, it's, you can't just overnight decide you want to move off of your ERP and switch to the other one. Very true. Because that's a, a multi-year type. Very of thing complicated. That you have to do. Right. Uh, and also, it typically requires a multi-year projects, but the big change in the culture. And we have to keep in mind these are business people that right. use these applications. Right. So these application, these people want to be productive and they like to feel comfortable with the environment that they have to use to for their day-to-day work. Right. So changing that that interface, changing that application is not an easy thing. Let's talk about the 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 application owners, right, or the business, you know, the the, the business owners for a little bit, mm-hmm. because a lot of times we have infrastructure brains or even database brains, and we don't necessarily look at what those what what are those folks doing. Their priorities are vastly different than say somebody that's running the storage or running the, the server infrastructure, right? It's a different, what, what's the scope of what they're doing and how is it different? It's actually very interesting. And it's something that uh, pure is itself in the process of transforming itself mm-hmm. in terms of how to reach and interact with our customers. And that is represented exactly by, uh, by the question that you just asked. What does it mean? What does it really mean to go up the food, stain, uh, food stack, right? Or the food chains, what I say. Uh, and, and technically speaking is that if you focus on the storage admin, means to them is not even about the data it's about piece of hardware that happens to store the data but as you go up the stack go to the database as the next level and then from the database move the application now you're going to start moving closer and closer to the business mm-hmm. and quite honestly the rule of the game from the business perspective which is the exact opposite of the storage is i don't care where it's running i don't even care how it's running I just need to do my business. I okay. just need to do what I need to do and run my business. And then in between, you have the application admins that are concerned about, can I respond to the business requ- uh, requests fast enough? Can I provide the performance that the business needs to transact to do their work, right? And then below that, the database, uh, the DBAs, basically, they are concerned about, how do I protect my data? Is my database fast enough? Can I support my application administrators the way they need to provide their service to the business so it's a food chain yeah response times things response that time nature. I mean, they're all intricately intertwined but the common connection is the data exactly right? you yeah. led exactly what i was going to say next <laughs> in all these evolutions even with the micro modern microservices this evolution of architectures the commonality is data mm-hmm. is data ownership is having access to the data in fact and just kind of a side discussion is that you compare one side the traditional monolithic applications like a business suite compare with the microservices and the typical SaaS based offerings there is a problem that's coming, which is the fact that if you think, even a pure, we subscribe to many SaaS services for many different business uh, yeah, functions. Yeah. Now, the big question is how to build, to bring those things together from the data perspective. Right. Remember the old days with the data warehouses and how they came about? They came about because the transactional applications did not have enough capacity to both serve the transactional needs and the data analytics needs and the data warehouses and all that stuff. So what happens at that stage was this breakdown into multiple data marts and then consolidating into the data warehouse to try to bring the data together. Again, it's all about data. Yeah. And we are seeing the same with, uh, with microservices. The big challenge is that integration. But again, data. Yeah. It's always about, it's not about 
because again, it goes back to multi-channels. They may, nowadays, there are many ways to access the data. Cell phones, web browsers, application A, application B, but the commonality is the data. More important than ever. Which kind of brings us to where we are now, which is, you know, you're here about a month, right? And, yeah, and, about there. and we've had really fun conversations because you said, well, I've read things on your website. and That's and, how you started. And yeah. I, I decided to join, but I didn't entirely believe all the things that you said you could actually do, you yeah. know, in terms of the simplicity of, of setting up the environment. Now you're here a little bit. Yeah. Seeing is believing. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting that you could almost go and do this, almost a use case on psychology analysis. So the first that got my attention was because honestly, Pure was very strong with some of my customers. Mm -hmm. I encountered them and they loved the Pure experience. And it kind of caught my attention. And then I start talking to you and, and start reading and like, came the denial phase and basically said, no, <laughs> it cannot be true. Were you going through no. the five stages yeah. of pure? Is that exactly. What exactly. <laughs> I was like, no tuning? Yeah. No assembly, almost no assembly required now. It cannot be true. I've implemented EMC. I've implemented that apps. I know it's not hands-off. I know it's not you plug it in, start using it, and, and it's done. So that was kind of denial and skepticism. I don't believe it. Yeah. Right? And then thanks to you and other folks that I met, I loved your culture and your personalities. And I said, okay, you know something? This seems to be very interesting. But, you know, there was that kind of thing in the back of my mind. Is this just marketing bluff? Yeah. But then I started reading the, the, the material, seeing the customer testimonials, talking to the people that have nothing to hide from me. And I actually thought, ah, this is just not marketing fluff. This is actually reality. And we are here to change the way customers use data. Yeah. Well, let's bring it back to those customers that are running applications then after this, you know, quick little diversion <laughs> that, I wanted to, that I wanted to talk about for sure. Um, you, we talked about the priorities that, that the application owners have, you know, there's mm -hmm. their, their SLAs or service level agreements to the business and, um, you know, the, the, the challenges with, you know, cloning and refresh and, um, uh, other things around slow response times. Now you're within pure and you have that application's background. What do you see? What things do you see uh, about the offering, about the solution? I'm not even going to say product, right? Because when we're talking about application owners, it's really about the solution that they want to see that, that you know, makes their data available, that makes their application rock solid, that makes them exactly. much more efficient with how they either fix bugs or they bring out new features. What, what do you see within the pure solution that makes this easier for application owners. You're going to see me saying this, and you have already heard me saying this many times, but the whole objective is to make storage transparent. Mm. The big challenge has been that storage was always an obstacle, or certainly when not an obstacle, it was something that had to be resolved, had to be explicitly addressed. I do believe a pure with its capabilities, what I think it can do is very simple from my perspective, is to allow those application administrators and database administrators not to have to think that storage is something that they need to be worried with. Right, like I'm going right. to do volume tuning. I'm going to break down the, some database volumes that used by the database, breaking them down because I cannot sustain the IOPS that the database needs. And I think this is very unique because we're going to say, yeah, treat data as something that is 
available to you and the way it's stored and how it's stored and how it's accessed is absolutely transparent to you. And I believe uh, Pure is in a unique position to enable that. And when I mean by this, it's not just the immediate data. And the key here is data anywhere, anytime. And whatever you want to do is the snapshots, is the, the data protection with Active Cluster, are all the tools that enable the business the business and the, the, the applications DBAs to assume, to take storage for granted for all purposes. Yeah, I love that, taking storage for granted, right? Or just, you know, forgetting about it. Or it's transparent, yeah. right? It's it's no longer a stumbling block in exactly. your environment. You know, go do, go do some other things. Exactly. And think about this. One thing that we have to, and I keep saying this when in my conversations, is that we are probably the only storage vendor that actually has more affinity with the cloud than anybody else. And you may say, what does that mean? Cloud is all about making assumptions about how the service is provisioned, making assumptions about the capacity, making assumptions about the availability. I believe pure storage, the way our customers interact with the storage, is pretty much a cloud-based solution. It's a cloud, cloud-like mechanism. It's a cloud-like it experience. Is. Yeah, yeah. well, it's when you look at the pure one, you look at the software precisely. layer and the, the services that are built in, that is very much a cloud cloud-like cloud. experience. I don't need to tune. I, I, you don't mm. go to the cloud and tune storage. No, no, no. You don't go to pure and tune storage. But that's exactly what the, the, the goes back to something I always like. That's what the kids are talking about. Right, right. You just go and you get resources. Right? Get resources. Get, I need a volume. Get data. Get me a volume. I right. need this volume replicated to another data center for reporting or for data protection. I'll get, I'll create the pods. I'll get that cluster going. I'll replicate synchronously or asynchronously, depending on the business requirement. And I have a volume on another data center. Let's shift from app owners and talk about database administrators a little bit, since you mm-hmm. also were in that world as well. Oh, yeah. Different set of priorities, right? App owners a little bit, you know, a little bit different, right? They're about the app services, Database owners, more about, you know, the availability of data, the, the mm-hmm. protection of the data. What, what kind of things do you see that we do that solves, you know, and makes data, make, make storage transparent for the DBAs? Again, as we said, is again, make storage transparent. Yeah, yeah. is really, really, there's no, I think we have to repeat it many times because uh, the first or second time you really still don't mm-hmm. believe it. You need, because it's really true, because the DBAs is all about, you need to think that the DBAs more than anybody are in the middle because they are kind of towards the end of the food stack in terms of the technology. And they are, everybody else is a customer. If you remember when there's an application problem, the first place that it gets the call is the, are the DBAs. They are the ones that get the call. So the number one thing that typically DBAs are called upon is, performance. And in general, you mentioned a few minutes ago is that they used to have to tune databases by changing the way the database is laid out on storage. They had to make compromises with storage to make sure that you were able to provide the performance that the applications and the business needed. Nowadays, again, we are making, and Pure is making that completely transparent, and is making something that the DBAs can say, I can commit to my customers that I will maintain the service level in terms of performance or availability like they have never seen before. Yeah, although it's interesting. You know, there's a survey that we were referring to recently when we were building out some materials that complexity and uptime are only only cited by database users in about half of the instances as the primary issue. What's that number one issue? It is the cost of running the database. It's the licensing that goes along with that. So we've got to be able to solve that problem as well. I do believe we can be for one very simple and one very simple mechanism. And it's it's one of those things that you need to a certain extent be a techie to understand it. But once you understand it, it's like, aha, book. Mm. 
And the way this database works is that the computer is doing one of the two things. In general, I'm generalizing, sure, but it's sure. either serving the application and the users, or it's doing I.O. to get the data that the application the users need, right? We, of course, cannot per se solve the application issue because that's the way the application is designed and written and all this stuff that's, up to, that's beyond our, our scope. But what we can control, and that's where we are affecting change, is the time it takes to retrieve data. Yeah. What we are saying is that the systems will spend less time waiting for I.O. because now their I.O.s are going to be parallelized and going to be much faster than you will be able to get traditionally. And what is relevant on that, particularly on the on the upcoming technology with the NVMe or Fabric, that is going to be even being, bringing performance closer to theirs, uh, to those applications. And that is going to be a game changer from my perspective. And again, very important, all these without any administration, without specific tuning. Right. Now, the simplicity nothing. is all still there. Still but there. If, if we can increase the effectiveness of the I.O., then the amount of compute... Is needed to drive the database and is guess reduced, what, and, and guess what the database is usually charged by? The amount of compute. Indeed. Right? So it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a message that actually we've seen with our customer base uh, over and over again. You know, wow, this, you know, we've put our, these pure arrays in, and you know, just like that, I, I don't need to use as much compute, or I'm going to carve that off into exactly. some VMs, uh, you know, whatever. There's, there's many ways to, to you know, to skin, skin that cat. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. Poor cat, but <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But well, yeah. It's true, and, and think about that also for consolidation. It's not just for the individual performance and reduction of licenses, but it is also to making the CPUs more utilized because ultimately what you're saying is that you're going to spend more time, Mr. CPUs, doing work instead right. of waiting for the data to come to you. Yeah. So you could even put more databases on the same cores because they're going to spend less time doing it. Yeah, and speeding up the CPUs in, the, in that instance doesn't do anything. I no. used to joke yeah. I used to joke that when you do that, you're just waiting faster. Yeah, faster. You're right? just That's, reaching that the my, That was my old line. Oh, well, you just speed up the CPUs, but you haven't fixed the underlying bottleneck. Exactly. You're just waiting faster now. That's faster. it. I you will know? never forget <laughs> during my days of tuning databases yeah. with EMC, we used to say EMC is great, but guess what? CPU is faster. Yeah. <laughs> so you would be waiting for IO 20, 30% of the time will be common. Um, let's shift in the, in the last part here. I want to talk back to, you mentioned, you know, the cool kids comment, yeah. right? Something we talk about, <laughs> we talk about here and there, but it's something you're, you're passionate about, right? And, and you really think is... I don't even know it's the future. It's really here. It's present, yeah. Right, it's here, it's present, but it, it's around, you know, the, the ways that infrastructure gets provisioned now and the tools that are being utilized for that. And it, I guess if I loop it all back, it goes back to kind of those monolithic methodologies. You know, if you're stuck in that kind of monolithic world, your challenges are going to be much greater than if you've been able to evolve into this new era of tools that are flexible, that are, you know, leveraging APIs and that are really agnostic agnostic to things that are going on. Talk about that a little bit. I think the new world is about standards. Mm. The new world is about, can I talk and support talking to other technologies and to other? And the reality, the answer is yes. Sometimes you can do it easier than others, but that's the reality. And people say, oh, it's the cloud. And quite honestly, it's not per se the cloud. And I'd like to be very clear. To me, cloud is an enabler in terms of making services available. But what, what rules the world, so to speak, are the new attitudes attitudes and the new technologies that leverage the cloud to deploy services, things like REST APIs, things like making everything services oriented, but invocable via the REST APIs. And you may say, okay, what's the big deal about that? And the big deal about that is that if I have everything based on REST APIs, including 
including pure storage, very rich on API interface. So what happens at that stage, you can actually integrate things in a way that you've never been able to integrate before. So what is happening is now is that there are two things happening. There are these configuration tools that are traditionally being used to allow uh, environments and businesses to configure their applications and do that from a, from a configuration perspective, from the definition perspective, instead of having a DBA manually or an application administration manually to configure. Yeah. So that's one, uh, one set of tools. And then you have the more, even more modern tools, which are those that provision infrastructure, but as a code. Mm. You define the infrastructure that you want to have provision and the tool provisions the application because that tool it becomes what? Guess what? The abstractor of the REST API right, calls. Right. And that's basically what... And you may say, okay, what's the relevance? The relevance is threefold. One of them is speed to build infrastructure. You can do it very quickly because you can create these things in parallel. And the second benefit is even greater with no mistakes yeah. because this code is repeatable. It's replicatable, right? Same thing over Same and over. Same thing right? over and over. There's less mistakes. So and then the human error out of the, out out of of the, the equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the third point is very important. You can treat infrastructure as a code. You could actually have the infrastructure definitions in a repository like GitHub as you do code, and that's exactly the image of the, of the state that the specific infrastructure should be. You want to build a new environment, you fork, again, the same, and you create another, 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 um, another uh, branch, and this is your new infrastructure for a specific environment. And what that allows is something that we see a lot in the market nowadays is what we call what is called immutable infrastructures. Right. You don't patch servers anymore. You don't patch applications anymore. You build images and deploy images replacing the original, the original virtual machines and the original code. And all this has to do, and I'm very passionate about this, oh, yeah. no, about configuration management and infrastructure as a code. Well, and that's something that we're going to work on. And the big names there, just, yeah, 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 the big names there. So for our listeners' yeah. uh, reference, will be things on the configuration manual. Will be Ansible, which we support. Ansible, we're very glad. Yeah. It's going to be Chef and Puppet to our big, big competitors. For example, Oracle certainly business suite is big on Chef yeah. versus PeopleSoft. That's very big on Puppet. And then we have the infrastructure as a code with Terraform which is the biggest and being adopted by everybody. All the major players, both cloud players and service providers are adopting Terraform as the infrastructure as a code uh, framework. It's an exciting time, huh? Yeah, indeed, it is. It's interesting because, you know, when you've been around in the industry for a while, we see this evolution, right? And this evolution is exciting. But again, do keep in mind a very important problem here. We said all these cool things, but it all comes back to data. Everything point, yeah. comes back to data because you can have these multiple SaaS providers, this infrastructure as a code. But think about that: the code, the data is still in the in the in the core of everything. And again, do keep in mind something that you should not forget about the cloud: there's data affinity in the cloud. Once the data gets in the cloud, businesses will ask themselves. Who owns that data? Mm -hmm. How easy is it to get the data out of the cloud? I know the cloud providers allow me to get the data in for free, but guess what? They all charge to get the data right. out of the right. clouds. And the big question becomes, uh, I'm not going to use just one SaaS provider. I'm going to use multiple SaaS providers for different functions in my business. So the big question is, how do I get my data, my view of my, my consistent view of the business integrated, like with data warehouses, which now is no longer data warehouse. It will be the data lakes, it will be yeah. big data. Yeah. Data but, hub. Data hub. That's but right. where will that leave? That's yeah. the big question. 
I am one of those that believes sooner or later, certain major enterprises, the big data, and I don't mean big data as not a technology, data. but yeah, the yeah, big data just, will yeah. live on premises or, or something under strict control of the businesses. They will not allow that data to live and be, how can I say, under the purview of their cloud providers. Yeah, in the wild, right? Yeah, in the wild. We'll be, I will be doing. very surprised. Well, and with the value of it, right? I mean, that's the thing, right? This is this is your most critical information assets, exactly. right, that you have. So you've got to be careful. Hey, thanks so much for you coming on. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me. absolutely a blast. And uh, usually we have a, a call to action at this point. I would just ask you if you're looking for more information around what we're doing in the app space to go to purestorage.com and click on solutions. And then you'll see all the different areas that you're working on or that we're working on here. If you're interested in what we're doing in the application spaces, uh, application-based solutions there. There's actually work that we're doing in automation orchestration. You can click there. So uh, we covered a, a wide range of, oh, yeah. of things here, but I, I just want to get George on because I, I thought it'd be a really interesting conversation and hope you all enjoyed that as well so we will go ahead and wrap thanks as usual everybody for listening and uh, please do subscribe and we also have a new web page uh, purestorage.com slash pure report we now have a landing page after the months and months of having the program we're not quite at our one year anniversary yet but getting up to that getting pretty close we'll have to do something special for that uh, but with that we'll go ahead and wrap uh, for Pure Storage and George Garcia, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Take care. Bye.